<laughs> Hello, everybody. Hi. Welcome to Talk Comics to Me. Sorry, I stabbed myself right in the eye. I am I am Champ Champenstein. I am Heather Champenstein. It was February 19th. Yeah. Got it right. I know that because I was supposed to get a package today and I didn't get it. I got an unexpected package today. Owls. <laughs> this is like some David Lynch shit. Anyway, we're here to talk about comics. We're going to start right into it because it was a, a heavy, heavy week for both of us. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty large week. <laughs> and I spent all the money I have. So, yeah, oh my God, literally, all the <laughs> I, it's been every single cent I have. So, do you want me to kick it off? Go ahead. Okay, I have um, deceased unkillables. I was about to just call them killables. Uh, unkillables uh, issue number one of three. This is a tiny little series that focuses mostly on like the the bad guys, the villains, the the bad boys um, of the Hey Rochi. Of the uh, the DC universe that didn't get killed in the first deceased series, it's a concurrent. Is that the right word? Concurrent timeline. Yeah. Parallel. Yeah. Same timeline as the original series. It's just you know. I don't know. The bad boys. Um, but that's the only reason I picked this up is because I of course prefer the villains over the good guys ninety nine percent of the time. So I wanted to see what they were doing. Yes. Oh, sorry. I was going to ask, did you like this more than, or do you like this more than the deceased storyline so far? Um, in some ways I do, yeah. Um, but it's it's literally the same story. It's just with the bad guys. I do like the fact that they started with Slade, though, and the story is mostly told from, like, his perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, I, do, I did really enjoy that. Um, there is one really funny part in here um, where Bane comes in. And he's just reading this tiny little book. And it's like describing all the bad guys. It says, you know, like Solomon Grundy, dead, the creeper, able to heal any wound, blah, 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 Bane, muscle. So there's some like, there's some really funny scenes that happen in this, which I thought was definitely needed considering it's a, it's a dark story. Yeah, I know it (laughs) is. With all the dead you know all the dead all the dead um there's a really funny joker crucifix scene that made me laugh harder than i should have um joker crucifix scene is nothing i thought would ever be said yeah i'm glad it was said though um but yeah it's only it's only three issues um and you don't necessarily need to read the original series to understand what's going on here because they do a pretty good job of filling in the blanks but i enjoyed it all right that was pretty fun yeah, I did not pick up the series just because, like I said, did not super love the deceased storyline. So I just was like, dog, mm. don't do it. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. The feel of the book, too, like not not the tone. I mean, like the actual feel of the pages and the cover and stuff is really good. <laughs> Damn it, dude. You're just going to sell that to me, that book to me just I, because of that. Well, I'll just like. Just, no, I, I felt it. I, I, know. I felt both things. I, I, I touched this book earlier today. It just, I don't know. That's His butt's not good enough. It's not. And that's the thing. Like, villains are cool, but they don't got good butts. I guess that's what happens when you do a life of crime. Yeah, but with all the running and shit, you'd <laughs> think that, like, they'd be able to build at least some sort of booty. You'd hope. But most criminals get caught, at least in these ser- stories. That's true. And anyway. Anyway, next. So, the first book I have is Bang. <laughs> this is issue number one. 
This book reminds me a lot of Folklords, but with uh, spy novels and James Bond. So basically the kind of idea is you're introduced to a spy 007-like, kind of has a code name where you think, and you kind of learn that this person lives multiple lives and or so it seems, and it's all kind of connected to stories about this particular spy and in the very end you're introduced to like a dimension hopping or dimension reality hopping author uh it's endorsed by keanu yeah keanu reeves says that it's a great fucked up blend of james bond and tintin which is not why i said james bond it's just really really hits home like the whole james bond idea okay spy idea um i didn't really get a chance to read matt kent's little outro in the back so i hope i hope i get to do that but he also just talks about how he was kind of just drawing from uh, like old pulp novels and trying to like he really liked those Mm -hmm. but he couldn't he thought that was like a real niche thing like the shadow and shit like that right and he felt like this this idea would more appeal to a broader audience while also bringing in the same sort of idea. Okay. Sounds interesting. Yeah. So. Would I enjoy it? Do you think? I like spies. I don't know. Based on this first issue, I couldn't say that. Okay. I'll just read it when I get to work. I think if you super love James Bond and you're like, I love Sir Arthur Conan Doyle books, then yes. Okay. But I think I'd be into it. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. My books got all messed up. So (laughs) next I'm going to talk about On the Stump, which is also a number one issue. I love the shit out of this book. It was the solicit didn't really grab me. It was just kind of on the edge. I was on the stump. I was on the stump. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But since it was by one of the creators of Bitterroot, that kind of pushed me over the edge to at least grab the first issue Really glad I did because it was very, very interesting. The kind of idea is this book is set in the future where government policies are decided via basically wrestling matches. Okay. And just like all politics and I suppose fighting, there's some sort of corruption level to it and or, you know, people having to throw fights, so on and so forth. The violence in this book is drawn so fucking well. <laughs> I I think that's really what I loved about this book because the violence was great. I mean, the, uh, that page that you showed me, like, sold it yeah. for me, so. A man's face gets very, very punched in. It's hard to describe. Yeah, it looks like those drawstring bags when you, like, pull the string to, like, close it. And then if you were to, like, turn it to look at the the closed part, that's the face. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I I would actually suggest this. I had a good time even outside of the the violence. And I really kind of an interesting idea of what they're trying to put forth. If Vince McMahon was president. (laughs) Right? I, I suppose. I haven't really met the president yet. Oh, you're going to be surprised I've, when Vince I've only, walks in. I've only, I've only met senators. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I mean, look who's president right now. He was he was in wrestling. Vince McMahon. <laughs> Holy shit. Just Donald Trump rips off this mask. 
Scooby-Doo music playing in the background. Uh, <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. You meddling liberals. It's like Bernie Sanders and the AOC oh people. Yeah. AOC people. The AOC. AOC squad. AOC squad. I'm going to stop. I'm stupid. Okay, I'm going to go. Right? Me? Yeah, you go. Okay, so I have um, Sarah and the Royal Stars. This is issue number six. This is back after a tiny little hiatus. Um, Sarah has been separated from the Royal Stars, and she's still on her quest to save her family and her home, which is the the kingdom. Um, In the last issue, she discovers that her mother, who she thought has been dead, for a very long time after going on the same quest uh, that yes. she is on right now. She is still alive, but she is lost in some other dimension, uh-huh. I guess, to make it simplified. Um, so, yeah, she is without the royal stars um, trying to finish the quest by herself. And it is very difficult because she does not have the powers that the royal stars <laughs> have. Um, so the royal stars, in order to... Um, <clears throat> help her further to get rid of the the bad stars that were essentially trying to kill her. They have to enlist the help of this group of sisters called Seven Sisters. <laughs> the Seven Sisters. They're they're essentially like the the goddesses of the stars. Okay. Um and they have all the knowledge and so they have to enlist the help of them to figure out how to get rid of these royal the other royal stars who are corrupt it's uh i still now that i actually know like what's going on in this series and you know it's i love it the the art is incredible for it the colors are just magnificent there's boobies in this issue there are but my favorite part is like they're all different ages and that one of them is a kid and she's fully covered up I loved that little touch. I thought that was very sweet. And she also gives the best advice. I love it. Uh, Okay. Okay. It's my turn. We got a couple more issues. Uh, First, I'm going to talk about Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. We love him. We love Jimmy Olsen. I have only gotten a chance to read about half of this issue so far. I know, but I wanted to have a good time last, so I saved it for last. I had 18 comics. I did not have time to finish all of them. This is okay. I think think that's fair. Uh, But this kind of starts out with Jimmy Olsen's brother coming across the paper and finding out there's four different Jimmy Olsen's patrolling the city. And one's like an android who kind of looks like (gasps) Terminator-esque. There's one that's all completely steel. There's one that's like a 90s kid who only says things in verbs. Uh, and there's one that's, like, kind of a model. And you find out that Jimmy Olsen has a fan club. It's, just as always, so, so good. I am really sad this is only 12 issues because, honestly, I could take this forever. Maybe they'll decide to change it into, like, an ongoing series. I can only hope. Or do what Green Lantern did and give me a season two. I It's fucking perfect this book is a good time who's the artist is it seth uh Haber? no it is i can't remember what his first name is steve 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 why it's probably in the back of the book you know what don't just don't tell me and steve lieber steve lieber okay and matt fraction yes okay 
Make a good team. They make a really good team. Yeah, I know. It's it's really good time. Uh, and next, I have Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. I also only got a chance to read about half of this book. It's I'll, pretty dense, right? It is. It is. Saying. Yeah, it's a fairly dense book. It's very wide. There's lots of words. It's very thick. So many words. And the art is really, like, interesting. So you kind of just want to... You know, you want to, it's one of those books you don't want to kind of half take in. You want to take it in as a whole and just fully immerse yourself. Yeah, just be in there with it. So these are, you know, both books that I, I absolutely love. So it was kind of a bummer I didn't get to finish them this week, which is fine. After you leave, I'm (laughs) probably going to read them. So you have the whole night. I have, I do have the whole night, but it's game night. So dang, daddy's got to win some games. Okay. Um, I'm daddy. So Yeah, this is daddy. Um, so we have uh, Deadly Classes, issue 43. And this is part four of the little the series. The Bone the, Machine. The Bone Machine. Um, this issue is wild as fuck. Yeah, a, a lot happens in this issue. Um, Marcus and Maria are going through some stuff and... Marcus is just having a bad time as always. Yeah, I. This is part of the reason I like I like Marcus so much because he is a piece of shit. But like any time that he starts to get himself together, something happens and just completely destroys everything for him. Mm-hmm. So then he's back to the bottom again. Um, and I just I feel bad because sometimes he does actually try to like do good and do good for himself, and it just backfires all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're going through some stuff, and they're all hanging out at a party in the woods, and shit starts happening. Yeah, shit hits the fan, so to speak. Yeah. Just because all of their past actions are coming back to bite them, since people kill people, and people always have feelings and Mm -hmm. want revenge. Oh yeah, this is very, uh, this issue in particular is very, uh, revenge heavy. (laughs) Yeah. Deadly Class is great, though, if you've never read it, it's one of those books that kind of starts out one way and evolves into just something completely different, and there's just so much story to tell, and it can go either way, so. And this, yeah, the art again the art the, the art and panel setup is just way too good yeah it's uh it's out of this world honestly it's color schemes are just it's i'm really glad that champ forced me to take those trades home last i don't know if you actually forced me or if i was just like give me them i probably half forced you probably um but yeah i'm really glad that champ forced me to read this because this is probably one of my favorite series it's just delicious. <laughs> yeah, no, this is absolutely, like, one of my favorite series. Every time I'm just like, fuck yeah. There was, like, not necessarily a lull, but a point where I was just not as excited. But maybe because I've read so much. Right. Well, because you know something is happening and you are going to happen and you just want it to happen. Yeah. You don't want to deal with all that other, like, build up and shit. You just want to, like, I want the death. <laughs> that's how I felt. Yeah, anyway. no, that's not a bad way to put it at yeah. all. Uh, okay, so I suppose I'll, I'll go. Okay. I have Batman issue 89. I don't have much to say because I don't want to continue to just say bad things. I just don't like it. I just think it's kind of dumb. Not Dumb is not the right word to use. I just don't. 
I don't it's not good. Yeah, I know. I just you. don't think it's his best writing. And I just, I'm not very intrigued. And I suppose it's one of those things that would almost benefit from being renumbered, honestly, just because it's such a detachment from what, like, Tom King's Batman was. It's almost just a completely different character. Wasn't this the introduction of... Yeah, uh... You do get a look at Joker's new girlfriend punchline, but it's basically her just spying from the bushes at Harley Quinn and Catwoman and then calling the Joker and just being like, oh, this is who Harley Quinn is, huh? They're so, in my sights. Yeah. So, I I do want to finish the storyline, but like I told Heather earlier, I just really want to drop this book because I'm not. I'm just not enjoying it, and I don't, I don't feel good reading it, and I don't feel good talking about it. And I never, like, I don't know, I don't like talking shit on writers, and I don't like talking shit on writers I, I really like. Right, especially writers that you, you're reading so Yeah, by. and that I really, <clears throat> like, I think have way better work out there, and I think that I've read some of his Batman that is not like this that I do enjoy, and I've... I'm not the only one who thinks this. It's just, I don't know. That's all I've got to say about not that. Not what you want from a Batman Yeah, story. not, or just not, yeah. Okay. So now I have Joker, Killer Smile. I love that cover so much. Yeah, this cover's great. It's the big old smiley face. So within this story, there's also kind of a story about this clown called Mr. Smiles, and this particular issue is about how Mr. Smiles is trying to escape a prison, and it also goes hand-in-hand with how the Joker is taking over the mind of this particular psychiatrist and helping him, or making him help him escape. And, I'm sorry, that's the last one of that series? Yes. It's just the three? It's just the three, and then there's one one one-shot that's Joker, Killer Smile, Batman, because in the end of this issue, Joker escapes. Of course he does. So, like I said earlier, I think this is a good one. The Joker, Harley Quinned, this particular man scientist, or man psychiatrist. Basically just, like, got into his brain. I was like, (laughs) got out. Scrambled eggs. Scramble my eggs! (laughs) What's that Frasier song? Do you know the Frasier song? Oh, baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salad and scrambled eggs. That one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's, uh, I used to love that show when I was little just for that song. Oh, uh, that was 100% worth it. <laughs> That's all the podcast is going to be. I'm just going to cut that and make it 20 minutes long. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go now. Um, so I have Archie... And Katie Keene, this is issue number 711, part two of four of the Katie Keene series. Um, Basically, Archie's being a little crybaby because he posted a song and it's not getting very many views. But the Katie Keene song is getting like hundreds and thousands of views. Uh, Betty, Jughead, and Sabrina all decide to go infiltrate Katie Keene's life and be friends with her. Veronica and Archie find out. And, this sounds like an episode of The Real World. Um, it's it, that's, I, I, <laughs> honestly like it was really weird reading because like 
I mentioned, like, I, I love the art for it so much. The art is really good, but the story itself is just kind of, like, brown water trash. And I... I love Archie and I love reading this series, but I don't like the way that they keep doing different segments almost. Yeah. With Archie and whomever. Right. I, I wish that they would just do an Archie story. Because before, like even the Sabrina one that they were doing was really interesting because they were trying to figure out, you know, like who killed someone's dad and there was just there was a lot of stuff going on and i was interested in that story but they haven't gotten back to it yet because they're focusing on all this other stuff whatever fine but i don't know archie decided to use sabrina to get intel about katie keen so he can use it against her what was the intel well about how cool she is because veronica how can can he use that against her veronica is really upset because they were all hanging out with katie keen without her and so she, her and Archie devised this plan in order to, like, take someone down. You have to get information about them. So Archie is using Sabrina, who is now friends with Katie, to get information about her to potentially use against her at some point. Um, he's basically just upset because no one likes his music because he's a crybaby. That's that's how it started. And then I it's imagine like, he's the kind of guy who plays Wonderwall at a party. That's what it seemed like, because when Veronica's driving around, she's like, what the fuck are you doing on a fucking swing set in the rain playing your acoustic guitar? Who? It's just strange. Again, I really do like Archie, and I wish that they would continue with the previous storyline, but I I don't care for these little things that they're doing. That's fair. Yeah. Packages. You ready for Red Mother? Yes. We've got Red Mother. We have Red Mother. This is issue number three. I I know I said this before, and I will say it again. Say it. Does Hellraiser not exist in this universe? Has this bitch never, ever watched Hellraiser? Um, I think this is actually uh, like a prequel to the Hellraiser movies. This is leading up to it. This is what you didn't see. So, uh, what's our main character's name again? Why are you asking me? Okay. So, she has received a heart-shaped puzzle box in the mail, and she's like, I I love puzzles. So, of course, she just starts solving this puzzle box with no idea who this puzzle box is from, anything. And, I don't know, maybe I'm just, like, hyper-paranoid from all of the horror movies I've ever watched in my life. No, but it makes sense considering this is solicited as a horror comic, so you know there's going to be something weird with it. And I think, because it made me nervous too, but... I, lo- I loved it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But, but every it's like time, common sense for yeah. us. Yeah. Well, maybe for you, because I was thinking while reading this, like, man, if I had that puzzle box, I'd probably try to solve it too. Like, that's curious. <laughs> nah, dog, like, that means I'm going to get into some fucked up hijinks. I would do... Daisy. Daisy. Her name's Daisy. Main character's name is Daisy. Daisy. Yes. Um, I don't know. Just the curiosity of it, I think I would try to do it. Like, I would do it by myself in a locked room. I wouldn't want anyone to come near me just in case. But I would still be like, well, this is interesting. This is weird. 
And also, I'm not smart enough to, like, solve those kind of puzzles. So I would feel completely safe doing it without worrying about, like, releasing some sort of demon because I wouldn't make it that far. This puzzle box doesn't seem, like, 100%, like, complicated necessarily. Though I suppose they don't really go into depth how she solves, like, the the symbols and stuff. So it's probably a super complicated puzzle box. But yeah, that's basically it. She's trying to solve this puzzle box. She solves it, gets a phone number, calls the number, and it's some dude who's like, eh, let's meet up. Oh, you know, just (laughs) classic. (laughs) Classic, and she's going to do it. Yeah, of course. But I'm also not going to lie. If I solved the puzzle box and got a phone number from it, and it was like a modern phone number, I'd be like... How did this get in here? And I would. I, I suppose would, you would call, but you probably wouldn't. I'm. I'm gonna only hope that she does not go to this place alone. Right. Well, and I would have stopped it had they been like Heather Hadfield. I would have been like, okay, that's weird that you know my name. But how else would they have sent you the package? All these pieces are coming together. <laughs> See, I told you, I'm. I'm not smart like, enough to put these pieces together. How else are they gonna get your like address at all? Like. They're going to have to know at least, like, who you are. Unless they're just like, fuck it, I'm sending puzzle boxes everywhere. You never know. And that but. puzzle box looked extremely, like, expensive. So I, I don't I don't think you should willy-nilly be sending those sort of that's expensive true. things around. That's true. A puzzle box with a glass key. That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. But yeah, this is, uh, this is where we're at in life right now. Puzzle boxes that I would try to solve and Champ wouldn't because of Hellraiser. <laughs> Most of my decisions in life are made because of, like, horror movies or true crime shit I've watched. A majority of mine are, too, but puzzles, I gotta solve them. Not when they're sent by random strangers. (laughs) Anyway. We'll agree to disagree. (laughs) We will continue now. (laughs) This is Conan, issue number 13. Guess what? I, I haven't got a chance to read it. I Which sucks because this is the first issue that Jason Aaron's not on. So I really wanted to get a chance to read this and be able to talk about it. But Is he done with Conan now? Or is he just do- taking like a... They're doing like the King Conan thing. Oh, okay. You're gonna cry. <laughs> I don't know if I care about Conan that much. <sighs> okay. But I'm sorry, everybody. Please forgive me. And then I just talked about Hellraiser for too long. And then I have Runaways issue number 30. This continues. Is there a name for this storyline? Operation Clean Slate. Cannon Fodder Part 6. Okay. And everything's kind of coming to, like, clear within. Like, Gerd is going undercover-ish within the Doc Justice team working with his... Uh, secretary uh, Matthew and she's starting to figure out like what has happened to all of the past justice team members and what is potentially about to happen I don't know I I still love it I actually like this has been one of my favorite storylines I think the cannon fodder one the cannon fodder one though I feel really bad for the gibberim who cannot eat souls and I wish that they would just Maybe murder someone and let him have the soul. Maybe that's what's going to happen at the end of this. Now, okay, here's a question about <laughs> um, Runaways. And I can't remember if I've asked this before. 
So the original Runaway series, that was Brian K. Vaughn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is this one that Rainbow is doing, is it just the same characters? It's her own story and stuff? Or is it like a continuance of any of the previous? It's, really, it's a continuance. Okay. But you don't have to really be familiar with the old story to pick it up. I suppose, if anything, you'd want to know who, like, the characters are. Right. And, like, that sort of information. And maybe, like... Okay, so yeah, you'll want to know. You'll want to read at least like the first half or the first like first trade of Runaways to actually have like an idea of who these people are. Okay, interesting. I know because that's all I've read. It's like the first trade of Runaways, and that helped you enough that when you're reading this. Okay, cool. And I have enough other outside knowledge too. I have uh, all the knowledge that you have given me. I just didn't know if, like, you could start with just rainbows or if it was necessary to at least become familiar with in my the, opinion, the story. In my opinion, yes. I think that she does a good enough job in filling in the blanks. But once again, I'm also kind of like, well, when I think about it, you might want to have a little bit of that back knowledge. Okay, cool. And it's technically your turn. Oh, okay. Um, so I have um, God Killers. This is issue number one. Um, this is a really... I wouldn't say, like, complicated necessarily, but there is a lot of information in this. It's basically about a a group of soldiers who are given this task to find these people that are sick, kind of. Um, But the way that it's explained is very strange because it's... um, ISIS is, like, going after these people because they're impure and they're being killed and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So these soldiers are supposed to go in to save or try to figure out what it is about them that's making them impure because they have an idea of what this illness is, but they don't know the extent of it. Um, But there's a lot of religion that's mentioned in it, um, which I thought was very the more interesting aspect of this because all these people um, are from different religions and stuff. So what they believe in is all very, very different and they're all trying to work together for this one common idea. Interesting. Um, But it kind of, after I explained it, I just realized it's kind of like World War Z. (laughs) Okay. Um, But it's, uh, it's, Interesting enough that, like, I'm curious to know what else is going on because at the end of this, you figure out, like, what the illness actually does to these people. And then it's, obviously, it's it's a bad thing, but they don't know, like, how it starts or how mm-hmm. it spreads or, like, how it can be killed yeah, off yeah. or anything. Yeah. So it's, you know, different people from different religions trying to find the people who are affected by this illness because ISIS is killing them because it's, you know, impure, <laughs> but... It's because of their religion that they're doing that. It's it's very, very yeah. heavily based in different religions and stuff. But the violence in it is done really well. And then the twist at the end makes me want to read the next one to All figure right. out yeah. like what yeah. exactly is going on. Um, it's also... There's a lot of mythology in this, like, from different religions Which and stuff. Which makes sense. Yeah. Like the name God Killers. Right, right. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's very, very interesting. And I think that if you can get past, like, the abundance of information in this first issue, it is worth it. It's just real dense. It's, it's so dense. It's ridiculous. It took me, 
uh, several times to get past like the first few pages because I had to keep going back because there are also a lot of characters in it. Okay, yeah. A lot of characters and some of them don't even matter. So. All right. Yeah. Ow. All right, so. Getting through them. We're getting through. We're about halfway, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a couple more right now to talk about. Uh, this is Daredevil. This is issue number 18. This is part, er, part, through hell, parts eight. Sate? 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 Part eight. Things are coming to a head in Hell's Kitchen. Basically, the cops are done with being told they can't be in Hell's Kitchen anymore. So they go into Hell's Kitchen. Uh, a child has been kidnapped. So that's basically why they're going to Hell's Kitchen. Daredevil is also looking for the child because it's his mistress girlfriend from the crime family whose mm-hmm. husband it's just there's so much going on like basically everything that's been happening for the past several issues is starting to come to this head of shit's about to just blow up it's not good nothing is good right now oh there's not a happy moment in sight so that's that's all i can say about it because there's just so much yeah there's a lot there's a lot and then this is aquaman this is issue number 57 look at that inca cover yeah i had to get the inca cover because inca draws just sexy human beings and mara is in a coma from fighting the mecha manta and they have to take her to Atlantis. Okay. To get help, and I was just gonna say his name more there. <laughs> I and that's when I'm like, is it Atlantis? Anyway, they're it taking... would be the DC equivalent of Atlantis, yeah. right? Yeah, they're taking her underwater. Yeah, no, they're going to Atlantis. Okay. Uh, they're going underwater. It doesn't matter where. Uh, to try and save her. She is in her coma, and the baby is born. Interesting. It's uh, that's that's a basic. That's a basically it. Okay. Nothing more really than that. Okay. Sick. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just like, okay, is she gonna wake up from her coma? What's gonna happen? So when she wakes up, they they have a baby. Yep. She's gonna be like, whoa, where did where, oh. did, my, where did my baby go? And then it's like, mm-hmm. here it is. You well, gave birth while you were sleeping. <laughs> I hope if I ever have a kid, that's what happens. Like, I'm just going to take a nap. Like, hopefully this baby will come out while I'm sleeping. Just somebody knock me on the head real good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, so I have uh, Dragon Age, the Blue Wraith. This is issue two of the three-part series. Um, in this, Fenris is working with the uh, Taventer Mage's daughter. Well, not technically working because he doesn't want to work with her, but she keeps following him anyway. Um, they are working to go find her father. Um, they run into a lot of complications, um, a group of Canari, but they find out that there is another mage who is creating this box, I guess, as like a weapon that infuses lyrium into other mages, but turning them into like a living weapon itself, which... If you know anything about the Dragon Age series, that's exactly what happened to Fenris. 
Um, Fenris has more of a control over it than these mages do. But yeah, that's that's basically it. He's being fought with his own weapon. Okay. Um, but unlike Fenris, because uh, Fenris's whole thing was like he won some sort of like competition, and his prize was to be branded in lyrium but because of that he lost his memories completely became a slave like all that kind of stuff so the the mage that they are testing this on is giving himself willingly to make this happen okay um but i feel like there is going to be some sort of ulterior motive for him because no fucking elf would willingly give themselves up like that knowing the consequences of what is going on but yeah fenris is pissed Pretty much because his whole thing is he wants to free elves so that they have a choice in Doing, their lives. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's working against him. We love Fenris. That's it. I love yep. Fenris. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. So now we have Middle West. This issue, man, I say this for every single one, but this is, this was such a solid issue. Yeah, no, it was really, really good. This tells the other side of the story. Um, so Abel is. In the reader at readers reader farms, and basically him and his friends are being used as child slaves for labor, and his people from the circus, the fair, mm. are carnival carnival. There we go. Are trying to help him, and it's all about them just doing what they can to to help him. Yeah, using whatever resources they mm-hmm. have available for them and the extent that they will go to save these children. It's uh it's beautiful that scene with the old fisherman this one right yeah, here where they have really that good. talk. Oof. It's this this book is yeah, just really 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 good. Every every time like every issue I'm always just like satisfied to read it and I'm always like, "All right, I'm ready for the next issue." Yeah. It, do- it does this thing for me where, like, when I have it, I know it's a good series, but every time I read one, I'm just like, man, that was even better than last time. And I just mm-hmm. feel like I-, I go through this every single time. And this is also an issue where you kind of get uh, a little more of Abel and the group trying to put the pieces together to help them escape. Mm-hmm. So that's also something that kind of comes together. Yeah, seeing how they work together while still trying to appear that they're not doing anything. Yeah. Which I don't think is going to work the way they want it to, but that's fine. That's because a... something good will happen. I yeah. hope. I hope <laughs> something good has to happen, I right? Fucking able man. Uh, the kid's gone through too much to mm-hmm. have any more bad things happen. Uh, all right. So now I have Lola Woods. This is issue number three. I. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. I want to, like, keep reading this, but I just really don't... I don't... It doesn't seem to, like, be moving the story, like, that much ahead. And that's really all I have to say about it, because it's just, like... Just nothing's really happening. Nothing's really happening. Okay. And then I have Family Tree. This is issue number four. They are trying to get the young girls... That page is really cool. Yeah, this page is really cool. The art is, the art is really great. The art and panels are, and colors are really good. Uh, they're trying to help... God, I can't remember this little girl's name. I'm I'm in your boat right now. Uh, they're trying to get this little girl help. A doctor is working on her, but 
because she's trying to turn into a tree, there is a group of people called the Arborist after them, and this is basically them just fighting off the Arborist and trying to escape. Are you still enjoying it? Yeah, no, I really like it. I'm actually, like, it is kind of a slow burn, like, within the first couple issues, I wasn't sure, but, like, the last couple issues, like, the three and four have been really good. It's all coming together now. Yeah, it's just been really interesting. The idea, like, there's kind of this idea that they're kind of introducing their dad who has been dead or estranged from the family for a while. They're kind of telling his backstory through this estranged grandfather and the wife basically hates the grandfather and it's because he has just been like a dead deadbeat dad and everything she's heard about him has been bad which makes sense why she's been kind of awful throughout this whole entire like right. introduction to him but yeah no i really like that i like the idea that they're turning into trees and i'm kind of i just want to know why right like if, if it's a family thing and then like why? yeah 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 okay i need those pieces no yeah so i'm hoping it fills in the blanks okay oh i guess i have to go again well i have a couple oh yeah still yeah too, good so okay okay we're good Okay. Sorry, I'm drinking a lot of water today. Um, I have Heartbeat. This is issue four. I, I think there's five. Yeah. If I remember, five. Um, this is, story is finally coming together. I was like, and does it make sense now? It's, to an extent, I just feel like everything's going to, like, explode in the last issue. So, um, basically, the, the girl's friend, Mac, who his sister was killed, like, they said that she committed suicide, but she was actually murdered by this other kid. Okay. Um, her friend realizes that she is, you know, sleeping with the guy who killed his sister. Okay. Um, she is still trying to keep everything a secret while doing what she wants to do. Um, but she loses her phone, which has the pictures of her friend's sister after she was killed. Okay. Um, her bully ends up finding the phone and is using it as, like, leverage. Makes so, sense. yeah, every everything is, like, falling apart in this issue. So I'm just excited to see, like, what exactly is happening. I still, this art, I still love so much. Yeah. I just, I will honestly read anything by Maria Lovett, even if I don't understand it, because I just, the art is so worth it to me. <laughs> The colors are just beautiful. Like, the story, even though it's taken, you know, four issues, like, it is finally starting to come together and make sense. So, and I, again, I feel like the part of that is just translation. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I enjoy it quite a bit. (laughs) It's bloody and dark and very sexy. All the good things. Mm -hmm. All right, so then I have Bitterroot. This is issue number six. This continues uh, the story of the Sangari family. Uh, this has been on really long break. Yeah, it's been like six months. Yeah, because I mean, there was that summer issue oh, yeah, so one shot, than that. and then that was after the series had already ended. So, or the first story arc had already ended. So this kind of just continues what was happening then. The idea is that uh, there's these evil creatures that kind of inhabit people's bodies and then it kind of changes where these monsters are now like kind of born out of grief and trauma and they're a lot more like powerful and that's all just dealing with basically well it is dealing with racism within 
this time frame and all of the horrible, awful atrocities that happen. So it's it's really interesting how they bring that together with uh, a little bit of sci-fi and magic and, I don't know, definitely highly suggested. Just, you know, be prepared. Okay, so I have um, Critical Role, Vox Machina, Origins, Series 2. <laughs> um, so they're still trying to find a cure for Grog. Uh, in the last issue, they had to get something from a nymph. Uh, one group went that way, and in this issue, the other half of the group is going because they need the skull of a nightmare. Um, they end up running into a small town, and in the prison is one of my favorite characters. And I have to read his name because I can never remember all of it. Uh, it's Percy, by the way, for those of you who have read this. But his whole name is... Oh, God, where is it? It's insane. Percival Frederickstein von Mosel. Klausowski de Rolo III. So, they enlist his help to uh, get the skull of a nightmare, and he decides to stick around with them because he's got nothing else to do. All right. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Also, look at this uh, page, this art. I love the art for this book so much. It's so, no, so it's good. Really good. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> But yeah, he's uh, he's one of my favorite characters in Critical Role, so I'm really glad that he was incorporated into this comic. <laughs> I think there's only two, maybe one issue left, so we'll find, figure out if Grog is saved. <laughs> right. You ready to do some X-Books? Yeah, let's do the X-Books. What do you want to start with? I just, ex- I just put Wolverine on our top. Yeah, no, that's fine. So... Wolverine. This is issue number one. Yes, this is a brand new series. This is a super large, super size issue. So much. So much. I I only got a chance to read half of this, so... It is two separate stories within one. And then the first story is probably the only one you absolutely need for continuation, but... Mm-hmm. Um. Without giving too much away, also the second one is I really enjoyed it um, because, I don't know, vampires. Like, it's it's way more than that, but it's a lot of fun. Um, so I would say for sure if you're a fan of Wolverine and X-Force. Yeah, no, this, this issue just felt like it went really hand-in-hand hand with all of the X-Force issues and almost just kind of like a continuation of all of the things that have been happening within that series. And just also a continuation of everything that's been happening within all of the X-Books. I just think Benjamin Percy is really good at like setting up a really good story. Oh yeah. No, it's going to be incredible. Um, the second half has a lot to do with um, Omega, Omega Red, which is very, very interesting, but, you know, there's more than that. It's, you know, Logan not being able to just put his guard down for a little bit. Yeah. He's just always on edge. So, that's it. All right. Yeah. It's very, very good. Very good. More fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there is, like, a, a little bit of a high cover price on it, but keep in mind you are getting basically two issues that are fairly dense there's a lot going on there's a lot of story there's a lot of words oh yeah even if you were to consider this two issues like 
each of the issues is fairly more thick. than a, yeah, a, a yeah. regular book. So. And the art is very, very good. Like, the art and colors are fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Like, blew me away really good. It's a... Uh, I... I'm not going to lie, I was upset about the price for a minute, but then once I, like, sat down and read it and stuff, I, it's it's worth it. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. you get, you know, specials that are, like, nine ninety nine and don't include half as much as this Wolverine mm-hmm. issue does. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Uh, I'll talk about New Mutants really fast. This is issue number seven. This kind of wraps up the storyline of the boys in space. And boys are back in space. Silly, it's funny. Sorry. I love it. That's, that's all I'm going to really say because I went, kind of went into it last time a little bit more. So. Okay. Okay. So then for our last book, we both have issue eight of Marauders, and this is dealing with the conclusion of the death of one of their their own. Yeah. And there's a lot that goes on in this issue. This is probably actually one of my favorite issues of Marauders. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I had a lot of feelings while reading this. I think they did a really good job of conveying everybody's emotions and kind of putting in place place the pieces that need to be where they need to be. So I'm really interested to see where this goes. And I know I've mentioned this previously, but I am really enjoying Emma. Yeah, no, she's great. Yeah. Um, Because she never used to be one of my favorites. But after, like, reading this and seeing how she is in this whole new Dawn of X world, it's, I have a great appreciation for her. Agreed. Yes. All right. That was it. Sorry, we had to wrap up the end a little bit quicker. But we've... Gone really long. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, gotta go to work. So, so uh, anyway, thanks for joining us. Go read comics. We'll see you uh, next Wednesday. See you.